Hello again. This is Mike Thurler coming to you from my organic garden. And I thought that today we could talk about companion planting. Take a walk down any country lane across a piece of waste ground and you can't help but see that they are smothered in plants. And now that the roadside verge is not being sprayed with herbicides, the range in the diversity of plants flourishing alongside them is also increasing quite noticeably. And it is because of this resurgence of growth that we believe that all plants will grow quite happily together. Well, this isn't strictly true, because just like us, they like to pick and choose who they hang around with. They all want a little bit of personal space, and to achieve this, some plants will release toxins through their roots directly into the soil, and these act as natural growth inhibitors to close by control uh, competing plants. Another example of rhododendrons and laurel that contain a plant toxin in their leaves, and as their fallen leaves break down, they release this natural herbicide over the immediate root area to suppress the growth of other plants. All of this activity is to ensure that the various species have a better chance of survival. And if we think of these as bad companions, in the garden we have to make sure that we keep them apart. Companion planting is the practice of growing two or more compatible species close together, either to their mutual benefit or, as more the usual, to the benefit of a dominant crop. In the flower garden, this could be a prized rose, a prized tree, shrub or herbaceous perennial. But in the vegetable garden, this of course means the plants that we eventually want to eat. And the principles behind companion planting are quite straightforward. They involve growing plants that will attract beneficial predators, such as ladybirds, hoverflies, lacewings, into the garden to lay their eggs on a host plant, and the emerging young will then feed on any aphids on the nearby main crop. The poached egg plant, Limnanthus douglasii, is quite effective at doing this. There are also plants that secrete unpleasant but harmless to us toxins through their roots to control soil bone pests and diseases. Members of the dwarf marigold family can be interplanted amongst the main crops to control soil nematodes such as wireworms and they are very good if you plant them with carrots or potato crops. There are also plants that produce strong scents that confuse and distract pests by masking the scent of the main crop. A traditional combination is the growing of basil or dwarf tachetes amongst tomato plants to confuse white fly. We have plants that can lock up beneficial nutrients in the soil to the benefit of the main crop. For example, peas and beans that produce nitrogen-fixing nodules on their roots will benefit any leafy crop, for example lettuce or cabbages being grown close to them or on top of them. And one method of growing full-size cabbages is to cut down the homes of the pea or the bean plants and directly transplant your cabbages on top of them. There are plants that are used as sacrificial plants. These attract pests to lay their eggs on them so that we can then gather the eggs, the caterpillars or the entire plant and destroy them. An example of this is growing nasturtiums between brassicas to attract cabbage white butterflies away from the main brassica crops. And finally, there are plants that can be used to control invasive weeds. One example is growing Tagetes minuta, which has displayed some control over ground elder and convolvulus bindweed. Now, this doesn't mean it will eradicate it, but it will inhibit its growth. Again, the roots secrete toxins that are poisonous to the plants that we need to suppress. 
The classic example of companion planting is the Three Sisters, which is a combination of sweet corn, climbing French beans, squashes and pumpkins. The tall, rigid-growing sweet corn is interplanted with the climbing French beans that use the corn as a support, and both of them are interplanted with squashes or pumpkins to shade the soil and to keep the roots cool and, of course, to preserve precious moisture. And another benefit is that the nitrogen-fixing roots of the climbing beans will feed both the corn and the squashes. You could substitute squashes or pumpkins with courgettes if you wanted to. Nearly all of the plants that work in companion planting are either hardy or half-hardy annuals that you can grow quite easily yourself from seed. We're looking at candy tufts, calendula, pot marigolds, dwarf marigolds, echiums, nasturtiums, rubecchias, all straightforward to grow. One plant that I have noticed that is irresistible to hoverflies is beetroot when it's flowering. I save my own seed occasionally and I always leave one cultivar of beetroot to run to seed in its second year. And when I do, it is always surrounded by a shimmer of hoverfly wings all beaten as one. So we should try and take advantage of every opportunity that nature provides us with. It isn't the case of being mecha mystery, but applying the same principles that occur naturally in the plant world and using them to our own advantage and importantly to support the ecology of our organic gardens. Well, goodbye for now. That's all and happy gardening.